Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. joined by Annabelle Mwazu, the founder of luxurious lingerie brand Ioma, which celebrates the beauty of women of colour with exquisite, bold and sensuous lingerie. Thank you very much for joining me today, Annabelle. Hello. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for having me. You literally just took away my first bit of what I was going to say. <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to go straight into it and okay. ask you as a brand. And we're going to talk about your background. We're going to talk about your journey. But to, to give people a sense of what Ioma is, because it's more than just it's more than just a lingerie brand. Um, as a brand, what does Ioma stand for? Well, um, Ioma is actually my name. And um, essentially, Ioma means fortune, somebody who's favoured. And um, initially, the, the name of the brand was going to be my English name, Annabelle Moazu Intimates. And then, you know... Um, it was uh, my daughter and also the marketing team that I was talking to who just felt, no, we needed to change it up. And it was my daughter who suggested that I use my second name. So, and it, so Ihioma means that, and it actually works perfectly with what the brand is about. You know, um, I really wanted to create uh, a collection of lingerie that I didn't see out there for myself, um, luxury lingerie pieces that actually spoke to women of color, um, not just in terms of um, sizing, but in terms of aesthetic, mm -hmm. in terms of the fabrics that was used, in terms of um, the uh, designs that were used in concept, in design ideas that we used that would elevate women that would elevate the black woman in particular because it spoke to them on a cultural level so I mean I'm a black woman um obviously and I just felt that there was just nothing in the market on the luxurious end the kind of you know that did that um I kind of saw a few brands that were coming up great brands that were coming up that were focused on women of color but they tended to be on the mid to the lower price point mm -hmm. and I I kind of wanted to, couldn't understand why that was, especially coming from a background of luxury lingerie. And I felt that there was a niche in the market to actually address that issue. So, yeah, it really is about self-love, about sensuality, about empowerment. That word is overused a lot at the moment, but it, that's really what Ihioma is about. It is about uh, a woman feeling incredible in her skin, particularly black, black women, because we're just not we're just not taught that we are deserving of luxury, mm -hmm. and um, and and so I just really wanted to actually showcase 
women, you know, black women. But then it's wonderful because in doing so, it's kind of translated to all women. I would say 50% of my market is of women that are not black and are yeah. or from different ethnic backgrounds, which is amazing. Um, especially because I was scared about kind of showcasing that it was for black women, but you know, I'm, I'm, I've decided I'm going to be unapologetic about it. And it's, and it's, and it's so far, it's actually been good. So, so yeah. And I really like the way your brand tells its story through the, the embroidery and the pieces that you have. We'll, we'll come to that in a minute because I want to understand more about your design process and how you came to that. But mm. share with me a little bit about your background. Yes, yeah, so um, uh, originally, uh, gosh, many things, many hats to my, I wear many hats, but um, I was originally a curator. I worked in the arts for about 15 years, 15, 18 years. Um, I worked in the arts promoting um, uh, African and Caribbean, uh, particularly African um, artists. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I worked with various institutions here in the UK, in Lagos, in Ghana, in Dubai. And and, yeah, I absolutely loved it. So very much from the art background. I, I always call myself a frustrated artist because, you know, spending time with all these amazing artists, but I, I, I didn't personally have the opportunity to put across my own creative zeal, you know, in designs or art, you know, in, in painting or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's essentially my background. Um, but I decided to take a, a break from the arts um, in after my biggest show, which took place in Dubai, actually. And I took over about 22 artists to Dubai over four months mm-hmm. and it drained me. <laughs> <laughs> it drained me on so many levels and it was my first proper commercial adventure. Um, and I realized that this was not what I was passionate about. I was passionate about promoting the artists as opposed to and giving them a platform to showcase their work as opposed to trying to sell their work. And, yeah. and the artwork is was pretty cutthroat. So and when I did it, it now we see loads of um, galleries promoting black artists but and, and African artists, but at that time there wasn't hardly any. So I like to think that we were, I was pioneering in that sense, but I just realized that I just needed to do something different because I, you know, I, I wasn't getting, I wasn't feeling passion, passionate about it anymore. Um, so I decided to, to, to um, explore my other passion, which, you know, funnily enough was lingerie, was fashion, uh, in particular lingerie. And I, I set up a, an online platform called Beautifully Undressed, which was really just an opportunity for me to just kind of like indulge in my <laughs> meeting all these amazing um, designers, really not realizing in any way, shape or form what it took to actually create these incredible pieces um, 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 that make women feel so powerful um, um so yes i set up um beautifully undressed uh, at the end of 2013 2014 and um yeah uh as a result of just spending so much time working you know with these great brands um in the midst of it i realized that there was something missing 
um, yeah. especially going to trade shows and just not seeing people like myself at, on the on the floor as buyers, but also as as um, customers or as like customers as, as of brands, brands. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, and particularly because I was on the luxury end as opposed to the mid-range or the, you know, um, fast fashion end, there was literally nothing. So um, that's really why and how Ihoma came about was to to try and address that that um, address that issue and to try and and provide lingerie for for women of color that was luxurious, that, that, you know, working with beautiful fabrics, that was well-made, tailored to fit and all of that. Um, 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 yeah, so that was, yeah, that was how, I, I that's my background. <laughs> you, can, you can really see your art background that's come through into your, the lingerie business because it is, they are pieces of art. Those embroideries are pieces of art, essentially, and they um, tell a story. You know? Yeah, I'm glad. I'm really, really glad that you you see that because, I mean, I've still got illustrations um, and videos of myself and my daughter because my daughter is very much part of this and there's the inspiration really um, behind um, Ihoma. Um, but I have videos of us sitting down, doing diagrams, you know, going through books and just trying to get inspiration and talking through ideas. Um, and um, certainly with Divine Feminine, which is the first embroidery that I designed, um, I look back at that first illustration to actually seeing it as a piece of beautiful fabric and a piece of beautiful fabric that everybody loves it's so so powerful for me and especially because we kind of veer away from the traditional idea of what embroidery Mm. should look like you know the florals and things like that so explain because you've used symbols from yeah yeah so explain a little bit about some of the symbols you've used and what they represent because I think that's really I think it's really great to understand the story that's then that you then that you've woven into the pieces, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was important for me to develop um, the embroidery around the darker new tone um, for obvious reasons, um, and um, I decided to work with a fantastic embroidery company, French embroidery company, who were able to. Um, um, find the deep tonal um, nude um, um, French twill that we could use to embroider. Um, uh, we could use basically as a as a base. Um, and for me, the major symbol in this particular embroidery is the ankh, mm-hmm. the Egyptian ankh, which. Um, I don't know if you know about it, but it's very much uh, a symbol that is very, very strong in 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 black culture, in in Egyptian culture, obviously, but also in in black culture, um, in the sense that you know it was before the um, Christians came. To, to Egypt. In fact, the Christianity, the cross that we know is developed around the symbol of the Ankh. So it has a very, very powerful symbolism in the sense that it, 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 it evokes vivaciousness, 
um, the, the, the energy to, between masculine and feminine. And, um, and it is really about life. You know, the top of it is mm-hmm. the, you know, is the female um, uh, uh, vulva and then the bottom is the, the male phallic symbol. So it really was about embodying, in, 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 in creating something that spoke about the importance of of um, the genesis of life, mm-hmm. and and which is very much something that throughout all African cultures is very very powerful. The women are, you know, what we do as women, you know, to bring in another being into this earth is incredibly powerful. So it's about celebrating that, um, and so um, and I'm also going on down. A, quite a spiritual path and so the symbols also include the the an interpretation of the moon an interpretation of the sun and so it was very very different to what's kind of out there yeah. and I remember the 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 the, the um uh, the embroidery company that we were working with saying that, you know, they hadn't done any a design like this before, which I was a bit worried about because I was thinking how would it translate? But I, I needn't worry about that because yeah. it it translates to everybody. So um, so yeah, the and and that's how we're going to work with all my embroidery. I'm working on a new embroidery at the moment, or we've finished our new embroidery. And again, it's around, you know, it's 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 very much as a, an ode to African women and ode to Africa as a continent, center of the world. And so um, so yeah, it's 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 that's what that's the aim was to is to be able to create unique pieces like you said works of art mm-hmm. I don't want pieces that seem generic I want a woman who's going to spend whatever they're going to spend on a piece mm-hmm. to really feel every time that they wear something or one of our pieces that they are just utter goddesses and that's the whole point of it is to make women because we are we're just incredible yeah. so um and if we don't shout it then you know and who else will? is going to yeah exactly and so when did you actually launch Ioma? okay so Ioma was launched at the end of october the beginning of november 2020 so the height of the pandemic um uh the plan was actually to try and launch in 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 2019. I've been working on this since 2017, so the plan was to try and launch in 2019. But um, the journey, as I explained to you, has been very very challenging on on many many levels. Um, and um, uh, once I kind of let go of of trying to have control about timelines and things like that, I just I just thought, okay, this is going to launch when it's meant to launch. And it just so happened that it was, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, a crazy time to launch. But at the same time, it was probably a very good time to launch as well, because, you know, um, I think everybody was just so exhausted at that point and actually seeing something beautiful and pretty was kind of uplifting from for many people so so yeah we launched at the end of of October 2020 um we kind of also kind of pushed into it because we were we were um we were showcased on um black owned everything which is uh Beyonce's stylist's um platform and I'll never forget because my daughter and I were in Ibiza and uh 
my, my, my phone, I've never heard my phone go off like that <laughs> before. And literally from having, you know, probably 400 followers one day to having nearly 2,400 the next day, I was like, yeah. what the hell is going on? Um, and everybody's saying, you know, who are you? Where are you? How do get our hands on this? <laughs> what is this? You know, where can we find this? I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, so we had to ramp thing. We had to ramp things up pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, so basically, it was the end of October. Uh, thanks to these amazing women that I found in in Mansfield, that we were able to start on a made to order basis. Um, and it's actually to this point has worked very well um, for us. Um, I think people just a- appreciate the. That they're buying something that is unique and special and somebody has spent time to create it and you know it's not just a generic piece that is you know in a factory it's been made specifically for them and especially if it's something that's focused on um, for black women because that's just never the case you know mm-hmm. so um but yeah yeah that's and what do you think I know that there would have been a lot of, and we talked about it before we started recording, you know, it is a roller coaster, um, creating your own brand and setting up your own business. But what do you think have been the specific um, challenges for you and how you've overcome them? The specific challenge for me is just, for specific is just believing in self and believing in your idea, that your idea has legs and that somebody somewhere will will see it and and will want to to go with it with you that's been some that's been a personal ch- challenge mm-hmm. um and i think that's probably one that most creatives probably go through yeah. um you know you're it's it's um you become a bit vulnerable because it's your idea that you're putting out there and you're asking people to believe in what you're doing and to not only believe, but to spend, because it's luxurious, you know, a significant amount of money on, on purchasing it. So, um, and because it's a personal piece as well, lingerie is so personal. It really, really is. I think so anyway, it's the one yeah. item that's closest to your body. So, you know, for me, I believe that that should be the one thing that should be the most beautiful. Um, so that's been a ch- challenge, which, you know, is on a day-to-day level. Like It's called imposter syndrome, isn't it? You yeah. try and deal with imposter syndrome on a day-to-day level. On a practical level, it's been about just funding, raising the f- investment or the funds to, 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 to even get to this point. And it's an ongoing situation. For, for us to have even gotten to this stage, I, I managed to get, a, a as you know, a vir- that's how we met, a Virgin yeah. startup loan. Um, and I have to be, you know, Virgin have been really, really supportive. Um, I really couldn't have even started the process of development without that loan. Because I you go in with an idea, with feeling excited about everything. And one of my mottos is don't worry about the how, but intrinsically you are worrying about, okay, this is an idea, concept. How do I get it to this point? And um, invariably, everything needs funding for somehow. And the the normal routes of funding were just not available, even with a business. I was being shut down all the time. And as I said, thankfully, I got the the loan from Virgin Startup, but it literally was just for development. It wasn't for production in any way, shape or form. Um, And can I just ask you in terms of, why do you think that you were being shut down from the traditional funding? Was it things that they were asking that you didn't have available or? 
Um, I, I mean, I'd like to think that I had all the information that they required um, yeah. on, on a personal level for the couple of people that I spoke to and especially just doing research, the uh, probability as a black person of getting mm -hmm. funding from a bank as a small business is next to zero. Right. It really, really is. And that's why I'll always champion, for example, Virgin Startup for actually believing in the concept. And it, the Virgin Startup process, I thought, would probably be a couple of months. It literally was nine months of just okay. trying to deal, answer the questions, making before sure. You got the, before you got the funding. And yeah, before okay. I got the funding. So, you know, um, I envy people who are able to go into a bank and, mm -hmm. you know, and I gave them all the figures. I gave all the banks everything, but they were just not, you know, there was, they just, it was not something that they were wanting to invest in. That's my personal experience. I don't know how it is for anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, yeah, in terms of, and that was one of the main reasons why I've had to start on a made to order basis, because obviously I am not, there's not an initial requirement, you know, in terms like, for example, with production of actually having a big outlay of to invest straight away. Mm -hmm. And for me, it allows me as a small to start small, basically, yeah. and to gauge also in terms of what pieces sell better than yeah. others. It's, and it's to start relatively way. lean, like you say, you know, you absolutely. Not, even though you would have had a big you know, investment in terms of the, the designs, the embroidery, at least you're not holding on to. And I know things may change as you grow, but you're not holding on to a lot of stock and it allows you to change. Absolutely. And, and a lot of, uh, certainly in the lingerie industry, the minimums are ridiculous. Just I just, And I really do wonder how people hold stock. But then I guess then if you're established, then obviously that, that you know, you have a basis, you have the funding, et cetera. But as a new brand, unless you're making it yourself, um, is another option but even then I just think when I think about thinking about the, the lovely women that I work with you know their workload is unbelievable so you know uh, it does mean that you can start lean and thankfully there was that option and um, um, but as you said we are now having to transition out of that because we're having customers who you know I'm, I'm really I've been lucky to this point whereby the customers have been happy to wait you yeah. know the time yeah. that it takes to produce but there are customers that I'm losing out of who want it you know not necessarily tomorrow but at least within a week do you understand yeah. and our yeah. our made to order right now is up to four weeks so because I'm having to slot in where you know, whenever right. I can, and but it's, so, but it's fine. It hasn't deterred anybody so far, but, you know, I would like to open up and, and in order to grow the business, I will have to look at production mm -hmm. for sure. And so in terms of so self-belief in the funding, um, what are the challenges you think that, um, that you faced over your journey? Oh gosh, how do you put that? I mean, the challenges are ongoing um, and, as I said to you, it is a very much a roller coaster, um, um, but you have to just have belief in what you're doing. Um, and I think ultimately, I literally have to talk to myself yeah. every day and say, okay, we've got to deal with this now. And they've said there's an issue with the fabric. And, and for example, there's a delay right now with my new collection, um, but it's out of my hands. 
I can't do anything about it. Um, um, but at the same time, I also realize that as much as I would want my pieces to be pieces that, and this particular collection will be a continuity um, collection. I want it to be there as I, I think it's iconic, um, but fashion is fashion and people want something new. And obviously that impacts on, on sales and everything else. So you're having to try and find ways of trying to grapple with that, whether it's in how you market it, whether it's in doing mm -hmm. um, competitions, whether it's in doing um, um, collaborations so that, you know, um, and people can see that, you know, for me, I don't even understand why lingerie has to go into seasons. I just think that, you know, and so I've, I've kind of let, let it go. I probably won't work on a season to season basis when the yeah. collection is ready, then it will be produced. Um, so it's about just coming to terms with that and just being okay with that, you know, just that's the way you're going to work, you know, so. And you can keep momentum up in different ways. I know what you say, you know, if it's um, with, with fashion, people are used to new colors dropping or whatever. Yeah momentum up in different ways like you say in terms of collaborations or competitions or influencer marketing and, and absolutely that kind of thing. Yeah. and what do you feel have been your highlights or your proudest moments so far oh, that, gosh. Call, that call when you were in Ibiza must have been amazing <laughs> that was definitely one um funnily enough the, well I'm sure you hear this from every founder every founder is when you got the first samples through and then you, you're high for about 10 minutes and then you look through everything and you think, no, this is wrong. But I still, <laughs> <laughs> but I still, I still hold on to that because for me, just the fact that, as I said, I remember sitting here in my living room with my daughter, just drawing it up and then here is a sample. And okay, it's not perfect, but it's a sample. So, yeah. you know, it's about bringing that vision to life. But certainly when my the next set of samples came, oh, my God, that was incredible. Um, that's been a highlight. Um, working with some incredible creatives. I think another major highlight was working with the, I, I call he, I, as far as I'm concerned, he's a creative genius. It's AJ Hamilton or the talk father. Um, um, I, I dreamt about working with him. And then when he reached out to me, I was like, <laughs> I literally, I screamed for days. Um, and I had to, I kept on telling my daughter to pinch me. <laughs> I had to oh. keep on pinching myself. And then the art that he produced, and literally this was just after we'd launched. So we launched in October, November, and then images came out um, in um, December. And he hadn't posted for literally a whole year. So he relaunched with the incredible range. Oh, you know wow. um montage that he did of our pieces which was just unbelievable so that was a highlight and then a the big highlight which was on my vision board and I was delighted when I could tick it off was when we were showcasing Vogue we were on Vogue.com yes, yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I again that was like how where you know it was actually because I was following another brand that I have a lot of respect for and she posted that she had been on there and I thought oh okay this is interesting not thinking that I'd be on on there in any way shape or form um and went on and there we were listed and for you know for them to have said what they said about us creating pieces that were you know exquisite 
designs and and epitome of of, of luxuriousness and, and one <laughs> you, mean, you have it ingrained you have that exactly, you see it every day and every evening every morning when you wake up and every night before you go to bed this is what exactly <laughs> exactly that has definitely been a highlight and we got some great following as a result of that and some really lovely sales and um and actually more more than that actually was my first customer I just I was like what somebody's actually spent and that person didn't spend a small amount either it was literally you know a thousand something that was spent on my at my first sale yeah and I remember I was in my jumping place and I was just screaming so there have been so many so many special 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 moments that it makes everything else all the hard work all the stress all the struggle it just makes it absolutely worthwhile Mm -hmm. and that's why I know that I'm in my calling you know I'm finally doing something that is um is what I was meant to do you know Um, I loved working in the arts but I always felt somehow that "Mm, I'm not sure but this is yeah what I'm supposed to be doing so yeah, it's wonderful. And then when the women kind of like share their pieces, their p- images, oh, it just blows me away. I, you know, that they're willing to, and they take such beautiful photographs and just showcasing, you know, the, you know, the designs. And I'm literally getting images every month from women who have purchased, like, you know, their partners have purchased for yeah. them. And it's just lovely, you know, to get such positive feedback. So, because that's the other thing. It's like, you know, you love it, but you just think, oh God, you know, I'm always so scared whenever I pack, because I do all the packing myself. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm fastidious about making sure that it's an experience, you know, everything is experience. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, I hope they fit. I hope they love it. I hope that. So when they come back and they say, Oh my gosh, and I've had such beautiful letters of thanks. It's just been wonderful. So yeah, it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. And where would you like to see Ioma over the next, how would you like to see it grow over the next two years? Oh, Um, well, I mean, I definitely like to hear Ioma to be established or seen as the go-to luxury lingerie brand for for women of color. I I want you to think, you know, um, to pe- for people to think, okay, I want to buy something special for my wife or whatever, and you know, she she you know she's a woman of color. I know where to go to. Um, um, but I also I also want us to kind of. I think we've already done that to a degree to kind of be seen as a brand that is cross-cultural and about celebrating women and, mm-hmm. and, and focusing on how beautiful women are in their skin. And just, again, whether you're black, white, Asian, whatever, you know, you'll think about Ihyoma as some, as a brand that, makes you feel incredible and empowered and valued and you know worthy of of just beauty in your life that's what I really would love um in terms of expansion I've got loads of things that I would like to go into I mean obviously swimwear I mean it's definitely on the on the um business plan is that we'll go into swimwear as well or resort wear that kind of um, um, side of things so um, 
And do you want to expand the wholesale side of things more? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think I mentioned to you, the dream is to be in Selfridges and Saks Fifth Avenue. So I, can I can really, you know, I, like I said, I can absolutely see it. Yeah. They'll be phoning you up like, like AJ Hamilton. They'll be phoning you up and asking you. You know what? I dream about that. You know, I really, really do. And, you know, I, I, we don't give ourselves enough credit as women because a man would be cheering themselves on if they'd achieved what they've achieved. So, but I, I when I think about what we have achieved in this period of time yeah. with next to nothing budget, um, with COVID. no marketing and, budget, yeah, no advertising. I don't think I've ever written. I have a newsletter somewhere, but I don't <laughs> think I've not a newsletter, uh, a press release somewhere. But I don't think I've ever sent it to any press, and yet we've received such amazing press. I mean, Vogue was a pinnacle, but even yesterday we got um, a listed on the lingerie addict, which is the go-to um, lingerie blog um, blogger. Um, and we were listed in their top um, black, um, black-owned um, lingerie brands to, to watch, which is for me just to be highlighted by, the, by um, them is fantastic. But then, you know, we've also been, you know, showcased on Business Insider as well. So it's been, you know, it's a bit of fashion, yeah. you know, it's a bit of business as well. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful. So to get that recognition without actually hunting for it, yeah. has been a miracle <laughs> it really 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 has well but no again, I think it, just... it's testament to the product and to you as a businesswoman and a, a woman in terms of what you've created it really is you know they're not going to post about it or write about it if they don't you know if it's not from the heart themselves if they don't feel yeah. that so I think that it's great so I can't wait to see everything that you achieve over the next you know couple of months couple of years oh, you know, oh thank you and you know what I have to say thank you for because you were obviously my mentor for a period of time at Virgin. And I think when we started working was when the lockdown actually began. So yeah, it was very, yeah. very difficult. We weren't able to meet up or whatever, but you always check in and you're always cheering me on from the background. So I really do, really do appreciate it. And um, also thank you for encouraging me to do this because I hate, this is for me, it's, uh, <laughs> it's one thing that I'm just so scared of doing. Well, the next I really thing I, to, I need to get you on an Instagram live with me. That's, that's oh my really gosh, that's a <laughs> Oh my God. We'll, we'll, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Annabelle. And where can, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Yes. So, um, yeah, we're Ihyoma, which is um, on, on our website, which is um, www.ihyoma, spelled I H U O M A dot co not com dot co um but we're also on instagram by um at by dot ihyoma pinterest as well just set this pinterest up as well twitter the same thing by ihyoma and facebook but i'm hardly on facebook so but instagram is the place where you can definitely find me and of course our website as well so and yeah. i'll link i'll put those links in the uh, show notes so people can check those out and see the beautiful laundry from themselves with their own eyes and hear more about your story there and if you want to find out more from me you can find me on at byron retail coach on instagram and www www.thebarandretailcoach.com I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have I'd love for you to leave a review 
and you can check back next Thursday when there'll be a new episode. We release them weekly, so I will hopefully see you again next week. But thank you very much for joining me, Annabelle. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Thank you so much.